Today we're going to be talking about something I have been kind of pondering for quite a while. And I was kind of, kind of kept wondering about how do I approach it or how do I talk about it. And that is on the topic of Christians and social media. And uh, at least uh, I would imagine that most of you in this room at least have somewhat of a understanding of what I mean by social media. Uh, a more specific definition of that is websites and applications that enable users to create and share content or to participate in social networking. So as it says, this is some way that I can communicate with other people through the internet. I can share written material, I can share pictures, I can share videos. And, uh, we, and usually there's, nowadays there's many, many different social media apps, but the ones that at least I'm most familiar with is Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, and Pinterest. And so some of y'all probably don't know any of those. And I don't, and so like Instagram and Pinterest, I don't really know much about those. They're really, they're about sharing pictures and, and, and those sorts of things. But most of us know, know what uh, Facebook and uh, if you're engaged with the news and politics, you probably know what t Twitter is. But, um, and, uh, and this is something that we should all at least be thinking about or know that the congregation itself has a Facebook page. Uh, Stephen and myself, we put videos up on uh, Facebook, share those to the, to the, to the church's uh, Facebook page, and it's ways to just communicate and interact with other people that are out and about in the world. And, uh, what we have to understand is that we're living in a very different world than we are 5, 10, 15 years ago. That uh, social media such as Facebook has become basically part of our everyday lives that we just really can't avoid it. Currently there are around 2 billion active Facebook users. We have a population, a global population of around 7 billion. So a lot of people. And it's something that we can't, at least in our, in our country, that we can't really avoid. And so we have to start thinking about, what well, if this is something that's part of my life, this is something that uh, maybe I should avoid, something that I may need to participate in, something that I need to be wise in how I handle, we have to look to the Scriptures for guidance in that. And uh, you may think, well, Facebook isn't mentioned in the Bible. Twitter's not mentioned in the Bible. But well, we see such scripture like 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 16 says, All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Verse 17 says that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. And so we have to, as Christians, we have to trust that when the Bible says that it equips us for every good work, that it really means that. And that means that we can gain some insight as to how we should properly use or not use social media. And this is what our goal today is. We're going to kind of look at scriptures and, and try to see what is appropriate and inappropriate use of social media for, for a Christian. Now, pros of this, like I said before, church has a Facebook page. It's, the very, it's an effective way to communicate the gospel to many. Uh, of course, we don't have the face-to-face -face interaction that we many times would like, but we can have written articles, we can put videos up, we can put images up, in which 
very effectively, very quickly reach a mass amount of people to, for the gospel. And it's also an effective way to, to spread necessary information, news. Uh, if somebody has an emergency or some way they can communicate over that social media to others. If you have a job you can, or, or you have uh, some type of work, you can advertise on that and, 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 and solicit uh, that work in that way. So there's many advantages of using this, but there's also cons to that as well. So I got this picture up on the board here. What is the first thing that comes to your mind when you look at that? You, 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 see, you see all these cameras here. And that's exactly what I think about it, is, is speeding tickets. Now, if you're anything like me, you see one of those cameras on a stop sign or a red light, not only are you thinking about, man, I better not be running this, this red light, but I'm starting to think about, do I have my seatbelt on? Is my, do my lights work on my truck? Is my license plate expired? Is my insurance paid up? I start thinking about everything. And uh, even, if that, even if those things won't, uh, you can't tell anything with those cameras, but... The reason we do that is because when we see those cameras, we know somebody's watching us or they can watch us. And this is the same way on the Internet. It's, there's a reason why it's called the World Wide Web. That everything that I put up on the Internet, somebody can see it. And, and when I post it, it's there forever. And what, I, what, what we post, like, or tweet on social media, it's going to be public to all. And so it's really, when you think about it, of course, there's a different context, but it's really, there's not much difference in what I put up on Facebook than if I went to the corner at the stoplight and just started yelling out things that I believe or, or start talking about publicly about these things. There's really no, a whole lot of difference between those things. And we have to understand it, even though I may be in my my corner or my closet on my computer typing away on Facebook and interacting with people, that there's people watching me, and most importantly, God's watching me. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, and verse 10, it says, For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that each one may receive the things done in the body according to what he has done, whether good or bad. So I'm going to be held account for the things that I do. In Revelation chapter 3, and verse 8, Jesus uh, communicating with the Church of Philadelphia says, I know your work. See, I've set before you an open door, and no one can shut it, for you have little strength, have kept my word, and have not denied my name. Now, that, that kind of make your eyes kind of widen up a little bit. If you, it, it, that, he, that he knows their works, and he knows my works. He knows your works. And so we might can get away with, well, Gary's, Gary, Mr. Gary's not on Facebook, so he, we don't have to worry about him. I'm, I'm good with what I post on Facebook. Well, no, not really, because we're all going to be held account, account for that. And we have to be very careful on what we, what we put on social media. So, going along with that, I have two pictures here. And one's this, this woman, she's, she seems like a nice lady. And uh, we have this other fellow on the other side, and he is... He's he's looking for a fight. He's fixing to he's he's fixing to hurt somebody. He's he's mad and he's chasing somebody down. Looks like, and so again, Christians and non-Christians alike will see what see what I say, what I post, what I like, 
And what do they think when they see uh, what you write or post? Do they generally see, you know, that's a godly person. That's a pleasant person to be around. Or I would think that'd be a pleasant person to be around. Or do they see this person right here? Man, those people are always griping about something. They're, seemed, they're just very mean people, mad people. I would never want to meet this person face to face. What did they see when you, when you are on uh, social media? First Peter chapter 2 and verse 12 says, Having your conduct honorable among the Gentiles, that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may by your good works which they observe glorify God in the day of visitation. Now what's interesting about this verse is Peter seems to indicate that they're going to speak against you as evildoers. We kind of know that as Christians, people are not really going to always like what you have to say and not like what you do. But what he is saying that you act in such a way, you have your good works, you are so honorable in your conduct that even if they think you're crazy, think that what you're, what you're doing is actually evil, they cannot deny your good works. That they know that even, even though I may not agree with them, they're good people. They are always striving, doing a God's work. They are, they are actually doing what they say that they believe. And we have to, again, this applies to exactly exactly applies to social media that I have to be again make sure that folks may not agree what I put up on social media but they look at me and they say that's a good person that's a godly person that's somebody that if I have a Bible question that's somebody that I want to get a hold of and also uh, how do we you know when we are posting or writing on, on social media we need to be Discreet, show a little bit of discretion. In Proverbs chapter 2 and verse 11, it says, Discretion will preserve you, understanding will keep you. And um, there was a little bit, I, I looked online about many of the definitions about discretion, and some of those definitions I didn't really agree with because a lot of those are, had to do with just not saying anything, being completely quiet about stuff. And there are some things in which it's better, better off that we just don't talk about them publicly. Some things don't need to be said. But there are some things that you can't really be quiet about. There's some things that you have to have to have some things that you have to say. And so look at the Hebrew definition of discretion and specifically with this verse that the word means to plan. It means plan, understanding, judgment, that I'm thinking about what I say. It's not that I'm completely avoid talking about some things, but when I am saying something, when I am writing something, I'm putting a little thought in that. I'm looking and so I'm making sure that what I say is not going to embarrass me, myself, others. It's not, going to, it's not going to be something that people can use against me in a negative way. And as Christians, there are some things that we can't stay quiet about, but we can be careful as to how we say something. What's our audience? If we're writing some type of article that's uh, going to, um, I'm, I'm going to be... Uh, trying to attempt to spread the gospel to people that are not Christians. I need to be careful about the things I say. Specific, if I'm looking at a specific group of people, I need to be careful in how I interact with them as well. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 29 says, Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification, that, they, that it may impart grace to the hearers. You know, if we actually follow that verse you know, I think we'd be talking a whole lot less. 
It says, but let, but let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification. You know, there's, we've talked so much about stuff that is so useless, and really, at the end of the day, it means nothing. But Paul says that we have no corrupt word proceed out of our mouths, but when we are talking, make sure that edifies somebody. Make sure that's building up somebody rather than tearing them down. In Philippians chapter 4 and verse 15, it says, Do all things without complaining and disputing, that you may become blameless and harmless children of God without fault in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation among whom you, you shine as lights in the world. So again, do we, get up, do we get on Facebook and be like, let me tell you what the waiter at Applebee's did to me yesterday. Do, you know, are we always sitting around, we, first thing that we do when something bad happens, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to post about it on Facebook. I'm going to put that person on blast on Facebook. This is not. This is in no shape, form, or fashion following uh, following this verse. And uh, you you think about, you know, you think about this is do all things right, complaining and disputing. And we look at Acts chapter fifteen, and we see that the the apostles were having no small disputation w- uh, with these uh, with these uh, Judaizers. And you think, well, they're contradicting themselves. I think what what we have to understand is there's some things that there's some things that we that we should dispute about, but there are many things that if we do not have to dispute them, if there's if it's something that is not edifying or something that is not useful or beneficial, just don't do it. Stay away from those things. That you may become blameless and harmless as well. And you are seen as children of God without fault in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation. That you are different from everybody else. And when somebody looks at you, they see somebody that's different, that stands out from the rest of the world. Colossians chapter 3 and verses 12 through 17, Paul writing about this new man, that the, the, the character that this person who is now a Christian, the characteristics that that person should put on, it says, Therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering, Bearing with one another and forgiving one another. If anyone has complained against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you also must do. But of all these, but above all these things, put on love, which is the bond of perfection, and let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which also you were called in one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. Whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. So Paul begins, he says, As the elect of God, you are to do something. You are to put on all these, all these characteristics, tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering. You kind of, if, you, if you explore social media, you pretty much see that all of these, all of these characteristics are in short supply. That there are a lot of people that they are that they are very prone to if they see something they don't agree with, just let that person have it. That they are showing no humility. They are t- constantly talking talking about how great they are, talking about all the things that they have accomplished, talking about look at my look at my new haircut, look how good I look in my new haircut, and and all of these things that I have nothing that are are not displaying. These characteristics, but we are not to, 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 to have part in any of that. That's part of the old man, and we're to get rid of all those things uh, that uh, are contrary to the characteristics seen here. Also, 
and I think this is very important, that uh, what I say and what I do is indicative of what is, is in my heart. You might could sit there and say, well, Evan, somebody shouldn't judge me by what I put on Facebook because that's not me. They need to come talk to me face to face before they really get the full picture of what, of what I really am. But we have to understand that it's what, what I say and do and what I, what I do on social media, it does tell a lot about myself. It is indicative of what is in my, indicative in my heart. In Matthew chapter 15, verses 18 through 9, it says, and I didn't have it on there. Facebook has, I mean, not Facebook, uh, PowerPoint has had an error, but we have Matthew chapter uh, 6 up there. It talks about these people. They're, they are praying or doing charitable deeds uh, to do, and they're doing those things to be seen by men. That I may be doing these good things, but my heart is set on being praised by men. And, and Christ rebukes them for that. He says they have their own reward. In Matthew chapter 15, verse 18 through 19, says, But those things which proceed out of the mouth come from the heart, and they defile the man. For out of the heart proceed evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornications, thefts, false witness, blasphemies. And so you think about this. I'm, I'm on Facebook, and I'm using, and I type out foul language, which... I don't even understand that. Type out foul language. It's indicative of what's in my heart. Or I may, or I may be uh, out in the workplace and I let those things, let those words slip. Or I do stuff in the heat of the moment that I normally wouldn't do. Well, okay, you might could use the excuse that, well, I was just mad when I did that. But it's still, those things are in your heart. You have still have not completely put those things away. We have to be in thought or, or indeed having our, our thoughts a captive to the obedience of Christ. And even when bad things happen, those, those, those bad thoughts, those evil words, those bad intentions, those, those, those things don't even enter into, into my mind. And so when I'm, I'm coming out here and I'm, you know, I'm focused on telling, telling the world how good I am, I'm talking about how uh, evil a certain political party is or how evil this person is or all these things, we have to be careful. And uh, when, when I obsess over these things that at the end of the day are not really that important, we, those things are ultimately those, those we, we have a heart problem which, in which uh, Christ speaks of here. And we have to be really careful and, and understand that there are some things that don't really matter and uh, those things should be put, should put at the very least, in the very, very uh, low prior- list of priorities uh, for myself. And if they're sinful, I definitely need to get rid of those things in my life. All right, so I got this, I got this uh, picture here. It says 33% of bosses know within the first 90 seconds of an interview whether a candidate will get a job. And this this fellow here, he's got... He's evidently he's showing up for a job interview and he's shaking and he's got a he's smoking a cigarette. Looks like he smells so bad that he's actually killing flies. And this this that's what it looks like. And this you got the, the he's showing up to this boss and he's like, what in the world? And uh, you think about this for a minute. If if. If somebody was going on Everett Gregory's Facebook post, what would they what would what would they think about me after ninety seconds of being on there? If somebody goes on your social media account, what would they think of what would they think of you after the first ninety seconds? 
Now, again, you might think, well, they could can't judge me on that, and and and, and there's we have to we have to balance this out, and that you know we look at James chapter five, and we should talk about our the things that are uh, we should confess our faults to one another. We realize that we're not not perfect, but when we are uh, doing all these bad things, and we're constantly showing on Facebook how bad we can be, and talking about all the the bad things that I've done, people get a perception of you, and they are, and and and, and when they only see those things, that's what they that's what they uh, characterize you as. You may you can sit here and talk about you you are a Christian or you or you're a godly person, but when people only see the worst of you, that's what they see, and. And and we and we can't and we can't avoid that. So and again, what will people think of you if if they only see what you put on social media? I've I'm friends with several people on Facebook, never met face to face in my life. There's been several people I've been friends with on Facebook before I met them, and so you know, you, you when you think about that, well, that's what they only see on see on Facebook is the only thing they know about me. And again. We have to be careful that we put off the right impression. That if I'm a Christian, I, the person when they when they see my Facebook, they need to see, man, that's that's a that's a good person. That's somebody that I want to be friends with. That's somebody I want to know uh, know more about. And we do this all and we do this all all the time. I think uh, you think about if I'm in a dating relationship or thinking about getting a relationship. I'm we we. We talk about the good things. We try to talk. We try to say, "This is who I am. This is who I'm striving to be." We don't sit around and talk about all these bad things that's a part of our lives. Now we should eventually talk about them, but they don't need to become such a forefront in our lives, and they're so pronounced in our lives that this is the only thing, only thing that people see. And we have to be careful in how we uh, uh, handle those situations. Also, do not be consumed. We talked about this a little bit already. Do not be consumed about useless arguments or promotion of uh, promotion of self. This is where that verse was. I thought it was earlier. So, think about social media. Now, I don't think anybody would deny that the primary, uh, a primary purpose of social media is to be is promoting self. Look how good I am. Instagram. Put look at my look at my new wardrobe and look how cool my you know my fancy pants are. You know, look. Why don't you like this? You know, like and like and share this so that so that I can become more famous. And that's and uh, we and again, that kind of thought is condemned in Matthew chapter six that we can't be we can't be uh, doing all of these things uh, for the praise of man. That as Christians, we are looking for the praise of God, not for the praise of man. That needs to be our primary mindset. In Acts chapter fourteen, verse fifteen. I, I think this verse is fascinating. Uh, Paul says in saying, Men, why are you doing these things? We are also men with the same nature as you and preach to you that you should turn from these useful things to the living God who made the heaven, the earth, the sea, and all things that are in them. So he's talking about turn, turn from these idols, turn from all these useless gods. And it's, I like the way he put, put this. He says, Preach to you that you should turn from these useless things to the living God. This is you, we could really sum up this lesson by saying, look, don't don't be obsessed with these useless things, promotion of self, these useless arguments about stuff. At the end of the day, that does not mean anything. But we are to focus on turning from these things to the living God. That I'm living my life in a manner that's well pleasing to Him. 
Also, other questions. Should I make public what some, some wrong an individual has done to me? And I think this is kind of a very straightforward answer to, the, to this, but in Matthew chapter 18 and verse 15, it says, Moreover, if your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. If he hears you, you have gained your brother. And so you go on and read that. It talks about the process for bringing more people with you if they don't hear you, then eventually tell it to the church and then let him be as a heathen and a tax collector if he, if he does not hear them. But notice what he says. He says, tell him his fault at the beginning between you and him alone, but then if he hears you, you have gained your brother. And so, first things first, if somebody is sinning against me, don't be telling Facebook about it, before, especially before they, have, they don't even know if they sin against you. That when, when, if somebody has wronged you, you go to him first. And guess what? If he hears you, you have gained your brother. So when, if he hears you and he, and he agrees with you that he sins, and he, and he repents of those things, guess what? It's over with. That's, that's over and, and, and done with. There's no, more, there's no more steps to take. In Luke chapter 17, verse 3 through 4, it says, Take heed to yourself. If your brother sins against you, rebuke him. And if he repents, forgive him. And if he sins against you seven times in a day, and seven times in a day returns to you, saying, I repent, you shall forgive him. So here, if your brother sins against you, rebuke him. But if he repents, forgive him. And, 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 and keep doing those things. And so, when you forgive him again, it's over with. You can't be saying or, or, or saying that you actually forgive this person, but you keep still holding those grudges. Well, you know, I for, I forgive him, but let, you know I'm gonna tell the whole world how bad of a person he is. That just does not make any sense. So again, social media does not is not involved in this process. It is an individual process. It's not public, at least initially. And then, but again, we see eventually it comes to a point where the church should know about it. Then again, that's the church, not Facebook. All right, so how do I interact with an Aryan Christian on social media? So this is, and that's, this is one of these things in which it's, it's, it's so easy to, 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 because you're still friends with that person, you still see what they're posting. It's still easy to be, uh, uh, in a same relationship as if as if as if before before they had fell into error. Now, <laughs> how do I interact with them? What's well, the same as in any other situation? In Romans chapter sixteen, verse seventeen, Mark can avoid those who cause offenses uh, 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 offenses contrary to the to the doctrine. And in Galatians chapter six, restore such a one in the spirit of gentleness. And so we have to understand that when somebody is in error. If I'm out of fellowship with that person, then we have to understand I'm doing that because I believe God is already out of fellowship with that person. And so my primary, my primary goal, again, is I have to restore such a one. And uh, what we don't see is uh, just, well, we realize that you're in sin and you're in error, but we're going we're gonna to continue talking about just anything, uh, anything but their sin. And we do not see, we do not, what we do not see is that making light conversation about anything but their sin is in any way fulfilling those above scriptures. We just don't, we just don't see that. And it can't, it does, because the primary purpose is if I'm going to restore such one, we have to talk about the issue. And if we don't talk about the issue, you're not, you're not, you're not uh, engaging in that process of restoring that person. 
And uh, again, interacting with fallen Christians does not include acting like everything okay. And again, this is what's so easy about social, social media is we like talking to people. We like interacting with people. But we have to understand that those people, most of all, if they need to repent. They need to, have, they need to be right with God. That's that primary goal in our lives. Not talking about, you know, the weather, talking about how, you know, talking about their kids and their education and all that stuff, talking about anything but the fact that they are in sin and they need to repent. That's simply not okay. All right? And so I think we can sum this up by we need to be careful if we're on social media. There's good things, a lot of bad things. Uh, think about it. I was telling Stephen before that Facebook, as far as Censorship, I think Facebook is probably the most censored in, in, in the sense that I can take care or I can control what I see. But these other areas, and especially some that I don't, I'm not aware of, I don't quite know. that There are some things that if I get into the right corner of that social media app, I may see things, I may uh, uh, watch things that are definitely not good for me and, 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 and could tempt me to commit some sin. In James chapter 1 and verses 14 through 15, it says, But each one is tempted when he's drawn away by his own desires and enticed. Then when, he, he, when desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is full grown, brings forth death. And it all starts with, of course, I'm drawn away by my own desires, so I start thinking about, man, you know, that's what they're doing over there on, on that Facebook page is kind of, you know, I kind of, I'm kind of curious about what's going on there, and we start that process. I'm, I'm enticed, and then I'm, uh, I'm uh, that that desire has conceived in me, and then what's going to do? It's going to give birth to sin, and of course, when it's full grown, when sin is full grown, it's going to bring forth death. Uh, Proverbs chapter 13 and verse 20: He who walks with wise men will be wise, but the companion of fools will be destroyed. We can't, we can't be uh, filling ourselves with garbage. We can't be walking or get right up next to the fire and not expect to be burnt. And this is the same what we see in Proverbs chapter 13. If you're always around that type of stuff, you're going to be affected by it. A companion of fools is going to be destroyed. You're eventually going to be tempted. And uh, what we can't do is we can never think that we're strong enough to not get tempted by these ungodly influences. influences. You can't sit there and say, well, you know, I'm mature enough to handle these situations. Really, you know, and, and 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 what we have to, and so in second, like Second Timothy chapter two, tell us to Paul tells Timothy to flee youthful lust. We don't cannot have this mindset in which we're just going to we're going to get right up next to sin, but not we're not going to engage in that sin, but we're going to get right up to it. That's not the mindset of a Christian that we see in the New Testament. We are to flee from those things, get away from those things, and, and get as far as possible away from them. So again. My main point here is it's, there's a lot of useful things that we can do with social media, but you better be careful. And you better watch what you say, watch what you, what you do on there as well. And so that's the end of, my, end of my lesson. But we didn't really talk about salvation. We didn't really talk about This is more of an application lesson, something for uh, things, I think something like social media has become such a part of our lives, but we have to properly use them. And we have to have, get, get some understanding of what the Bible says about these types of things. But 
again, we look at James chapter 1, verse 14, that we can, we're all going to be tempted by sin. We're all going to commit sin sometimes. Uh, Paul, talk, Paul and other writers talk about this concept of Christians falling back in, into sin, that they can very well get wrapped up in those same things in which they, that they come out from. And we see John writes that if we if confess those faults, if we repent of those things, we can be forgiven of that. And so we offer that invitation here that if you are a Christian and if you have fallen back into, back into sin, we offer that invitation uh, so for you to either confess those things, to uh, receive the prayers of the saints. And if you are not a Christian, if you uh, need to have your sins forgiven, if you haven't believed in him, if you haven't been baptized for the remission of sins, we offer that invitation now. We certainly like to talk to you about those things. Uh, so, if you if you if you are, uh, feel inclined, uh, we offer this invitation now as we stand and as we sing. Will you come?